This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 4th of October. Justin, as you know, I'm no politics expert, but things are heating up between the Australian government and TikTok. It came out that TikTok staff in China have access to data on millions of Australian users. And now the Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, she's rejected an invitation to meet TikTok's global chief counsel. Bang! Listen to this. M&M's is making a big, big change. It's adding a purple peanut M&M to the mix. And it's the first new... M&M's character in over 10 years. I just wonder how all the other M&M characters are going to feel about this one. Uh, Very good, Justin. Three crunchy stories today. Let's do it. For our first. IKEA is shrinking its stores in Australia and around the world in an attempt to keep up with the economic times and keep their customers too. Won't somebody please think of those delicious Swedish meatballs, Brett? What is happening here? IKEA is a Swedish behemoth that's actually based in the Netherlands, not Sweden. Many of us know IKEA for its gigantic warehouse-like stores and that loopy maze-like shopping experience. (laughs) Or those products that you can never pronounce with, you know, the silent P's and the hidden K's. (laughs) (laughs) But Brett, get this. Here in Australia and around the world, IKEA is now testing a brand spanking new store concept. The name is Plan and Order Point. It's a new type of store that's much smaller than their usual stores. We're talking around 300 square metres in total and just compare that to their regular stores, which can be bigger than 30,000 square metres. So it's like 1% of the normal Maisie size. And these new plan and order stores are meant to be all about more one-on-one customer service. And I'm wondering, what's the key learning? IKEA needs to make itself as accessible to as many consumers as possible as the winds start to change in the economy. (laughs) The last couple of years have been boomtown for homeware and furniture companies like IKEA and Temple and Webster and Harvey Norman. But many retail experts believe retail spending could slow down real quick. So IKEA is well and truly reading the tea leaves on this one. Yep, households are dealing with inflation, interest Mm -hmm. rate rises, expected petrol rises, which may mean less budget for homewares and DIY projects. So IKEA needs to be visible where all Aussies are. In fact, there are only 10 IKEA stores nationally. So IKEA is hoping its new personalised experience in-store may solve the problem for shoppers and keep sales bubbling along nicely. (laughs) For our second story, Porsche made its much-anticipated debut on the stock market last week and what a pleasant surprise that was for its big name owner. Revved up entry onto the stock market, Brett, so tell me more. Okay, so Porsche is a German car maker that specializes in luxury sports cars, SUVs, sedans. Now before this big IPO, Porsche was actually owned by none other than Volkswagen. When Volkswagen listed a 12.5% stake in Porsche last week, let's just say investors did not stop at the red light. Porsche raised over 9 billion US dollars and it valued the company at around 70 billion US dollars. And yes, Jazzy Boy, oh yes, this does mark the single biggest IPO in Europe in a decade. So what's the key learning here? Sometimes when you love someone, you need to let them go. See, Justin, Volkswagen is a low-growth company. And low-growth companies are often valued at a low-growth multiple, but the problem here is that that multiple is applied to the whole company. Even if there is actually a high-growth part of the business. And that's kind of what was happening here with Porsche, who was stuck inside VW. Investors in the car industry are placing a very tasty valuation premium on car brands that have made progress on electrification. On top of that, Porsche's got a cult following and very chunky profit margins. So, despite Volkswagen owning Audi, Skoda, and the Volkswagen brand itself, Porsche is already on its way to being worth almost as much. Wow. For our third and final story, H&M, the global fashion retailer, is sounding the alarm on its falling profits, and it all follows their big decision to abandon the Russian 
open market. In the fast-paced world of fast fashion. Talk to me here. Okay, so H&M, like Ikea actually, is also Swedish. H&M is the world's second biggest retailer. Meow. <laughs> and recently, Brett, H&M has been setting itself some pretty lofty goals. It wants to double its sales by 2030. Now, unfortunately, Justin, last quarter, H&M reported falling sales and quite the underwhelming pre-tax profit. Net profit fell to just $47 million for the third quarter. That's down a monstrous 89% from the same period last year. That's right. And as a result, Brett, H&M's stock price fell and now their shares are down more than 43% this year alone. Just goes to show how much a company can suffer when it exits one of its most lucrative markets. So what's the key learning here? Over six months on now, and we're starting to see the pain of companies that have pulled out of the valuable Russian market. In fact, this one single decision has caused half the drop in profits for H&M. So this has placed more pressure on H&M's broader European business. But Brett, Europe is facing record inflation. It's facing currency challenges. Not to mention a cold, expensive winter ahead with gas shortages. So relying on the Europeans to spend more money could be scary times ahead for H&M. Big shout out, Justin, to Josie111, who gave us quite a delightful review on Apple Podcasts. We absolutely love that, Josie. They say that since they've been listening to What The Flux, many people think they're smarter and more well-informed than they actually are. We love that. If you're also enjoying the pod, please scroll up, hit that five-star rating, and give us a nice review like Josie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.